0: hello are you there
1: I am I am here
0: where are you calling from
1: I'm calling from the road I don't want to say any more than that at this time but yes I'm calling from the road
0: okay uh, is it is it cold where you are
1: no no, it's not cold it's raining but it's not cold
0: you sound uh, especially far away this time actually.
1: Well, perhaps I am. I depending on where you are, I could be very far away, I suppose. I feel very far away, let's put it that way.
0: So what brought you out there?
1: Well, I concentrated on beaches at first here. You know, when you when you think about the ocean, it's just such a vast, unknowable thing, isn't it? I mean, we all have these kind of personal memories associated with it. We were taught the statistics uh, as our, kind of our only way of getting a grasp on how immense the ocean actually is. You know, things like 71% of the Earth's surface is water, 95% of the ocean is still unmapped, and only about a quarter of marine life has been discovered. Things like that. Um, and it's, you know, we know of its alternately calming forces and terrifying forces. It's, a, it's just such a huge thing to consider. Uh, last summer, I started hearing about strange things
0: happening at beaches yeah I, I I've always had a kind of a strange feeling when I when I've gone to the beach i especially late at night if I'm staying at a let's say like a hotel uh, very close to the water uh, the sound of the ocean starts to feel a little bit um, I don't know, maybe sinister, I guess, is, is the word. It, it it doesn't feel very friendly anymore, so I'm not surprised you'd sort of be drawn to, uh, drawn to something that may have been happening at these places. But g- keep going.
1: Gosh, yeah, it's like the ocean is just kind of all things at once, isn't it? Anyhow, I I started hearing these stories in the summer. Uh, it, it started... Um, just from kind of concentrated in one area, one coastal area, a few stories and and uh, photographs. And I, you know, I was quickly developing theories, like, you know, because it tended to, at least what I was seeing, uh, there was a pattern in a certain area. And I, you know, of course, I'm thinking, Oh, I don't know what <laughs> you know—chemical plant nearby or some you know some some shady land dealing. You know, I'm 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 already kind of putting things together. You know, I'm looking up the commerce in the area and I'm saying, you know, this actually d- dissolved fairly quickly. Uh, the areas of the reports started growing and widening all over. I it it's uh, and now at this point it's. Uh, these stories are coming from different countries, different climates. And that part of it, I mean, I found exciting, but also it really terrified me.
0: Tell me, tell me the first. Uh, what's the first thing that you you discovered?
1: <laughs> a, a couple things about these reports. So, basically, it started out as a kind of discussion on the forums about the singular occurrences that would come up, right? Dissections of those. But the talks and the discussion, like the occurrences themselves, began to really widen, um, cover more ground, And of course, more and more questions came up. I guess I haven't really talked about what this is all about. Um, Creatures are washing up on the beaches on shores. Unidentifiable creatures. Creatures unlike anything seen before. I I know that so many things are racing around in my mind right now and so many questions are coming up and I... A crazy thing that I'll mention is that these creatures don't seem to resemble one another. They seem to be different at least the reports of them are, and the, and the pictures that I've seen. Uh, it naturally just makes this seem more fascinating and more terrifying. A beach town in autumn is an eerie place. September's like an object you think you're looking at, but aren't. A soldier, a horse, a rock reaching skyward, but buried in a murky white sea. Weeks of dark bread and soup and wasps are yet to come. And if you drive inland and north for a short time, you'll soon see beginnings of woodpiles, apples, and death on steep hills. It appeared firstly as a ridge and a tidal outlet. The shallow water was too thin and inefficient to have borne it there, and it wasn't even clear at first if the creature was marine-based or if it came from some farther turf or cultivation, from the cliffs or brackish streams, from some other place. It seemed made of a thousand joints like a lengthened spider mostly slate-colored, with oil-slick kaleidoscope bursts purple and pale-sick pink. It was unclear if these shocks were regular features of its mineralized cuticle disposition, biological, perennial, or bruising, or merely post-mortem discoloration. Then again, it wasn't even firstly known the circulatory arrangement, if veins or blood or how it handled air, its high borno scales. When it was lifted onto the tarp and the dray and wheeled up ashore, a small scraping moan came from its uncanny head. It was Grace who found it. She left her house and walked, as she did most mornings, down the six little steps, for 30 years dangerously convex, demanding care from her driveway to the pebbly lip of the through street, up toward Groom's Head Inn and the planetarium, whose traffic would now choke off and get sleepy like the rest of the town. She reached the soft red planks of the boardwalk, past the aquarium mural of great gold whales and divers and bells, and rounded the garish corner to the greenly fogged windows of a gift shop still dark, she passed Zoltar with his white eyes and crystal ball. As she walked, she saw pairs of young people still out from the night before, huddled on benches or the sand with their now damp woven blankets folded into each other like braids. She took a beachward slope after the restaurant made of fake clapboard and garnished with oversized glass floats who by noon would be feeding the waning tourists on paper placemats with a dotted map of the shoreline for 70 miles. Grace moved through the marum grass on a thin dug trail. She felt the salt collect on her eyebrows and lips. Before the stream there was a glorious curve, where a small hill rose and dipped and for a delirious second you could stop, look all around you, and be totally lost. She stopped there for a moment. The reeds bent and shivered in the coming storm, which slid toward Cape Hardship and its churches and roads.
0: So I think you you had mentioned um, you were detecting strange uh, patterns with these creatures being washed up it was not just not just an isolated thing
1: well first yes I thought there was a pattern uh, it seemed to the sightings were happening in the span of an area that seemed reasonable and seemed it, it seemed of that area but then. It widened. I I really had to let go of that that idea and that line of thinking fairly quickly. Uh, They started to widen, and not necessarily in a sensible way, like not, you know, if you picture an epicenter, uh, not just kind of moving out from that in a geometric uh, pattern. At first I thought, you know, okay, I can see a logic here that these sightings are tending to come from areas with a strong tidal forces, see, so you have this interchange, this wide interchange between high tide, low tide, um, more potential for debris and plant life and whatnot to be pushed high up on the beach. I thought that was going to be the routine, but um, any theories of categorization in that realm I've had to completely abandon. Uh, there there's actually been a recent event that is, thrown these ideas further into confusion and disarray and suggests a far deeper and more frightening reality. But I'll also say that in addition to being afraid, I'm angry. There's obviously been a very concentrated uh, very aggressive determination to keep this underground and to hide these stories and hide these creatures. And uh, well, I just don't understand it. I don't understand what the benefit is to to keeping the silent.
0: Are these things? Let me ask you: you know, If I if I were walking along a beach, wherever you are, and I would see one of these things, would I immediately think? oh my god what what is this what's going on here? This is completely alien or is it is it all more subtle than that are the are these things only on closer inspection uh, there's something wrong with them something that we're not used to seeing
1: uh, what was tending to happen is someone would usually a resident of the area of, of these um uh, someone who maybe does a morning walk daily on the beach, or you know, someone who knows the land very well, uh, would come across a, something. You know, they'd see it maybe ahead of them as a, as a shape on the beach. Uh, you know, this n- nothing to be alarmed about. They've probably seen this before. Uh, as they approach the creature, they realize that they don't understand what it is. You know, y- you tend to think you know, seal, um, dolphin, and then um, just having this. <laughs> Coming across something altogether, something altogether different. I, you know, I mean, there's so much we don't understand about the ocean. It is the most undiscovered country. Do you remember the Ray Bradbury story, The Jar?
0: The uh, where the, uh, the the carnival find with the mysterious entity sort of swirling slowly in this. This wet goop inside the the jar, right?
1: Yes, yes. It was this just. um, It was this unknowable, very personal collection of things. Peering into the jar, and maybe you'd think, uh, oh, I I think I can see an eyelash, or you know, maybe you turn the jar around, and you could make out, uh, you know, something like a jaw or teeth or. In the end, everyone saw in the thing in the jar what they were most prepared to receive. There's something about the combination of the features on these things. Somehow the arrangement is completely uncanny.
0: From what you've seen, are you getting the sense that these things simply washed up dead? Or have you ever gotten the sense that these things were trying to get ashore, actively trying to reach land?
1: Before I got involved with this, I I thought of, you know, beached marine life as something passive, you know, like it it dies out at sea and gets washed up on shore with the tides. But I learned that this is something that marine animals uh, often do intentionally. It's known as stranding, uh, cetacean stranding. You know, there are different reasons for this. One, for instance, is killer whales will do this as kind of an entrapment method for, uh, for seal. they're hunting they will beach themselves and whales uh, can do this when they know that it's time to end their life they will they will purposely beach themselves and then you know similar to when we jump into water to harm ourselves um, there are these though they're mammals there's these environmental forces that take hold and can kind of finish finish the job once beached they can quite literally just collapse under their own weight, or they can dehydrate or get smothered when the tide comes in. Uh, not all of the reports have been have been creatures that appear deceased or, or injured. Even uh, there have been on a few occasions some. Signs of life after discovery. The morning of the kite flying contest was clear with winds high and steady and strong. The day had really begun the night before. Cars rolled into the long lot and families staked their claims on the sand. They built little fires and watched the sun sink into the gray ocean and the candy pink and tomato orange and trouble red lay distant layers, and the seabirds stopped screaming and went home, tents like Legos on the map of a town. Later, it might have been possible to discuss that day the kites and flats and scallops and fire-blonde silks crisscrossing, lunging in low clouds, without including what came next. One could instead fix on the bright day, the brightness, the brilliance like stars, the fried fish and the paper in baskets, oil-soaked, translucent, the crack of little hammers from the pier, bleach paper cones collapsing in on themselves with melting ice and the sticky blue syrup turning black for a short time, without the fear and the sickness in the rocks. A group of boys had formed a pack, had whirled in frenzied circles. But of course, as the kites went up and the dogs ran, trailing their tongues behind them, and the gulls surveyed and swooped down to the grills and bins filling up the lot, the boys stomped and burst the ribbons of bladder racks and snapped apart the dead shells of crap. They skimmed, hunched, riffling over damp sand. They edged toward a jetty of stones as a mild divider between this beach and the neighboring property, a vague restaurant. Maybe it was possible, the forgetting, the leaving out. But that's not how it went, is it? Let's move on. The boy who saw it first froze. He did not make a sound. It brought the others. Two broke away and ran. There was something on the rocks that their little minds could not sort out. Something in them. On them. Something with a mouth and a heart. What is it? Cried the second boy, his neck and hands drenched with a panic sweat as he ran. They pointed back toward the restaurant and jetty and the thing. The sun above was sliding, unfixed. When security and entanglement vets arrived, it was striped off with vinyl flags, like a little car lot. They took the body and they carried it away. Another boy, who had not seen the flesh but had caught a hot whiff of the screaming shift on the beach, experienced a deep dysplasia and seemed to forget where he was altogether. He gaped confusedly between his brother that day had won a fourth place medal for his airborne time and the blue sea. What's wrong with the sky? He asked, as the waning kites burned and sliced and soared while they fell.
0: Can you at least tell me where this has happened? Are we talking about Beach towns, populated beach towns. I'm thinking, you know, in terms of boardwalks and summer traffic and and teenagers. Or are we talking about remote landscapes?
1: There's a little variation. The first couple of sites that I went to um, were were fairly quintessential beaches. They were along the same coast, but not. Uh, but they were several hundred miles apart. Um, the first one. Um, when you think of a beach town, I mean, I always kind of have this this vision of, you know, there's one kind of main road that uh, crosses through town. It's got all of these sort of low-set uh, buildings on either side. Uh, you know, you have your saltwater taffy, which, uh, who eats that? I've, does any actual resident of any beach town ever eat that? <laughs> I don't, I would be... I would like some statistics on that. And, you know, there's usually some sort of pizza, ice cream affair going on. There's, there's always some, like, a used bookshop that someone seemed to open up just with kind of their own personal collection of things. Uh, kind of beach reads, you know, mass paperbacks, like, heavily creased. Um, and then, you know, you, of course, have your kind of boutique uh, gift shop kind of, kind of shops that are uh, painted surfboards and uh, dream catchers and some kind of, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like a little piece of stained glass that depicts a uh, a dock or a lighthouse or, you know. The first place I went was actually a bit different than that. It was, it you know, it did go for the, it was really going for the old-fashioned boardwalk appearance, you know. You had the whole thing with the uh, you know I kept I kept thinking I heard you know distant sort of carnival music <laughs> as I walked along here. you know there was an arcade there was an arcade on this boardwalk and um, you know kind of a uh, oh perhaps a lower rent aquarium and there was a little a small little carousel and you know they had even oh Zoltar, you know that booth with the fortune teller. I was there as it turned into evening. Gosh, I had this distinct feeling. It, there was like a shift somewhere around dusk where I kind of looked around me and it, it seemed like the tourists that had been milling about during the day were, were gone. Um, the businesses were closing. I, I distinctly thought of Graham Greene's Brighton Rock, the thugs running around, the, the little gangsters with the razor blades in the hems of their of their jackets, it took a dark turn. the The other place I went, but there wasn't a boardwalk or an affected boardwalk of any sort. Uh, it was kind of a flat, sandy roads. Uh, the road through town pretty much is the highway, and then there's a bit of a rise where you go over uh, some railroad tracks and down onto the beach. Definitely the town had a sleepier feel, but the beach itself just seemed so uh, expansive and and wide open. Uh, And this is the one, the creature was found during a, they were having a kite flying contest. And so there there were a lot of people there, a lot of people camping out on the beach, a lot of families. And a group of kids, a group of boys, found the body of a creature um, kind of nestled in the rocks of a jetty. I feel for these boys. I, I understand it was completely traumatic. Uh, the other, the, the boardwalk beach, um, the, you know, this was, again, actually found by a resident of, of the town. Um, a retiree lost her husband years ago and just, um, you know, had out for her morning walk you know, I can just picture it, you know, just walking toward, you know, and seeing kind of a lump up ahead and just, you know, thinking she was going to perhaps find a seal or, or gosh, even a large stingray or just, just a, even some trash. And so, you know, after this, I I was expecting beaches. I was expecting coastline. I was expecting these incidents to pop up uh, with that pattern. But, uh, as I was on the roads, I heard about another sighting, another incident. Uh, my mind reels with the implications of this. It was not an ocean, but a lake, and I—I I don't know what that means. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near.
0: She told him when they met that she wanted to die doing something foolish. All the best people did that, she said. He remembers shaking sand dollars on a rocky beach. When dead, they can be rattled, smashed open. They're filled with little white calcium birds. These were their teeth, he learned. They came loose and were now free. He'd thrown them high as he could in the air. Under the trees in his car where he slept, the lake was a riot of branches and breath and small claws. In the morning, he was almost ashamed. He walked out still drunk through flies and sticky brambles that bit him. And he loved the sky like never before. And he wept With terror and relief of it He put his palms upward Relenting Reaching
1: Whose woods these are I think I know His house is in the village though
0: His head is hot He has never been so in love He thought of what she did now Far away Walking Drinking No Tasting food He was sure. She was moving something greedy over her tongue.
1: He will not see me stopping here to see his woods fill up with snow.
0: A rot of wet rocks. Blue, brown. Sounds. Night. A sliding in the moss. They used to have eyes like blank stomachs. And they placed their palms on the back of each other's skulls. Their foreheads touched like horses, the particular decay of a lake. His feet first touched down numbly, then, with the most sensation he had ever known, he gulped at an invisible something. He remembered the round, white tank of the old cabin and the way the green-gray river water swirled like the top of a cake. And the next county over, there was a bridge shown in a movie. It was supposed to be the border to Canada. The last transcendence for murderers and thieves. The crossover to seals, to creaking ice.
1: He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds, the sweep of easy wind and downy flake.
0: He moved toward a muling sound, unconcerned. He'd come here to die, so he was not afraid. It whirled its feet in the black moss and opened its eyes. They were as big as plates, as axes, with hard dark circles going large and filling its face. He smelled it in the starlight. The strange skin was slick in the moon. If there was breath, or had been, he couldn't tell. He stretched out beside her and felt her relax. She cried, reeking of dock and dead bear. He stroked the blades of its hair and touched the sharp, retreating teeth.
1: The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep.
0: In the end, he did become afraid, and he ran, falling and sobbing back up to the pebbled road. The hate he would feel for himself in the days to come as the doctors flushed his veins and police took his gun and his bottle and asked questions about the monster and his sister was summoned from her Midwest farm it would choke his heart
1: my little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near between the woods and frozen lake the darkest evening of the year.